when you want to do new things in your business, when you want to get to new levels of earning and in new spaces, more impact, it is necessary for you to unpeel some really sticky, difficult layers. Welcome to another episode of Real You, Real Money. So buckle up, because I'm going in. <laughs> Today, I am going in. I was talking with Kay, who is the person that does all the podcasts and we were talking about what solo episode we could do before the end of the year and I was like well I love when people do wrap-ups of the year and I was like don't know if I'm a bit too in it I don't know if I'm ready to share but as I thought about it I decided I am I am ready to share my lessons from 2022 with you all I've gone for a mixture of the practical and the kind of underpinning emotions that come along with it and I'm just going to talk about it all together I've got four main lessons from this year that I wanted to share. So let's set the scene a little bit for where I was at at the beginning of 2022. So really by looking at the end of 2021. So 2021 had been a really tricky year. And if you go back, I did one of these episodes at the end of, of 2021. It was really hard for a lot of reasons that I honestly feel a little bit out of touch with now because obviously beautiful benefit of time passing and these feelings fade. But I know if you said to me, one of the, I asked on Instagram if anyone had any questions they wanted me to cover. And one of the things was what surprised you the most about 2022. And here's what I will say. If you had said to me at the beginning of this year, January of 2022, just coming out of 2021, finding it so tricky, I think one of the things that was getting me through was really believing everything would transform in that year. Like I would find my feet in a different way. Like I would just be ending on a a very different note. And in so many ways, I am. But if you'd said to me that it would look the way it looks now, then I think I might have quit then and there. (laughs) I think I might have been like, "Mm, nope. I would have felt like I did not have it in me to do another year of what has felt at times just like hard, hard, not graft work, not like, oh my God, I'm working all the hours in the day or anything like that. Just emotionally, emotionally. And I don't know if I'd have recognized in myself that I could just tolerate the amount of internal work that has been required from this year. Now, I have a theory about this sort of time. And I don't necessarily mean like the times we're in, you know, historically, economically, all of those sort of, you know, the stuff they're going to study in history when our kids are in secondary school and all their kids are in secondary school. I mean more that for me, I know that during this year, I'm pretty sure it was this year, I finally gave in to something I'd been resisting. And I've spoken about that in the podcast a bit. Spoken about the fact that I had a feeling that there was another, people they would normally say in the coaching world, another level for me to hit or whatever. But just that there was untapped stuff that was meant for me that I was resisting. I had a very keen feeling of that. And I'd need to go back in the podcast and see what month it was. I let sort of allowed myself 
to finally stop like holding myself back from doing that thing. And what I thought would happen in that moment, (laughs) what I thought would happen was, oh, it would be revealed. Amazing. But I think often what happens in that scenario is it's like the universe or I don't know, whatever you want to call it kind of goes, cool, cool. I'm glad you're ready in that sense. But now we need to get you ready in another sense. Actually, if I give you that space now, if if you step into that space now, you're not going to be able to sustain it. You're going to reject it. You're not actually ready for it. And it's like we have to go through some prep. And some of you might vehemently disagree with me on this, but I have felt this happen a number of times. There is, I'm a really big fan of Sarah Blondin, who is like, I guess she's like a meditation. I think she's a meditation teacher, but she's got stuff on YouTube and on Insight Timer and a few other places. She does these really beautiful, I think they're beautiful meditations. They're not as um, kind of, I don't know, they're grittier than a lot of meditations are. And she has this one about change. And I can't remember the exact words, but when I first in like started the business and me and my husband were going through a lot of stuff, which a lot of you have heard me talk about and read about, I used to listen to that one a lot, that meditation about change. And one of the lines in it is something along the lines of, but you called this, you you asked for this change. She puts it more better than I'm putting it and, and more kindly. But it's basically like when you want to do new things in your business, when you want to get to new levels of earning and in new spaces, more impacts, more kind of taking up of space of who you are, sometimes it is necessary for you to unpeel some really sticky, difficult layers. So when you call in that change, what you don't realise, and this is, and I'm really talking about me because I feel like this has happened multiple times and I feel like I'm in the midst of it now, what you don't realise is what you're also asking for alongside that. You might be saying, I want to make double my income, as we're talking about in plenty, but you might not realise then in order to make double your income, you're going to have to let go of some other stuff. You're going to have to understand some things about yourself. You're going to have to burn down parts of your business and you're going to have to raise up other parts. And so if we get too bogged into judging that journey, judging every single bit, deciding that if things aren't 100% going our way, then they're not going our way at all. If we do that, we really lose some of the process that is meant for us. And I feel like that's what's happened for me this year. But if you'd come to me at the beginning of the year, and this is why no one says this to us, right? Oh, when you call in that change, that's going to be this, this, and this is going to happen. No, we call in the change like so, I want to say naively, but no, innocently is a better, like innocently, well-intentioned, excited. And then we think we're not getting that thing because it's not gone the gloriously beautiful, positive way we'd hoped. But actually, that is part of shedding layers, understanding things, part of becoming, I would always argue, who you always were. Not one thing has happened this year. Not one shedding of a layer, not one deeper understanding of myself, nothing where I haven't gone, ha, that's that's who I always was anyway. That's who I have always been anyway. It is always me believing I have to be something else and discovering I don't. Always, always, always. 
And so, yes, if you'd come to me at the beginning of the year and said, there's some shit for you to go through this year, Ray, I'd have been like, no, because I've done a year of that. I'd kind of done a year of that before. No, actually, 2020 was a really like, actually, that felt like a very positive year. But 2021, I'd have been like, no, I actually don't have that in me. So see you later. (laughs) And that's why we don't get told, right? So the answer to the question, what has surprised me most about 2022 is that it was in lots of ways harder than I expected and so much more positive as well. I'm not ending this year. I I ended 2021 feeling uh, just a bit, I felt positive because I had lots of hope. Like I, I always say that I'm a, what's the word? Like a, I've had to learn my optimism, but I start to wonder if that's not true. I think my optimism is very, very deeply rooted. And through life experience in my teens and my 20s, it got very much. I I learned to mistrust that optimism, but I actually think my optimism is fairly intrinsic to who I am. I think the cynicism was a layer that was given to me and adopted by me. But yeah, so I started the year off with the optimism I I always do. I love the end of the year. I love the beginning of the year with all of the like reflecting and feelings of potential are my favorite thing. So like, I'm like, yes, so much potential in the beginning of the year. So I did definitely have that. But I also, I was tired. I was a bit bruised and battered. And then if you remember back to January, I think it was January. It was pretty early on. Instagram really lost its shit. And I had just started to get to this place of posting more regularly. And I was really excited at the end of that year, at the end of the previous year, to be like, I think I've cracked this. I'm starting to do it. It's happening. And I was getting the most. And I started to look at, for the very first time ever, the stats. In the six years of running a business, I'd never really looked at my reach or anything like that. And I started to look at it because it was going well. And then, remember Instagram like had an outage and you couldn't get in for like however long. And then it just never really seemed to come back to normal. Like my reach suddenly really tanked, as did lots of people's. And it felt like everywhere I looked, there was so much negativity. There was so much negativity. Oh my gosh, we're not, Instagram's going the way of MySpace was kind of a lot of the talk. They were adding things, they were changing things. And I'm not saying that that wasn't real. Like it was weird, whatever was going on at that point. And it's never fully recovered, but it's, I think lots of us would agree it feels much more manageable now. And I know there are a number of things that factored into that. So Instagram went weird. And then there was a lot of chat, like we were a year out of 2020, only six plus months out of the lockdowns, right? I can't remember when the last lockdown was, but I feel like it was probably like eight, like after Christmas, wasn't it, of 2021. So we'd been out of lockdowns for quite a while. There was that risk of one, wasn't there, just before Christmas in 2021, but that didn't happen. So we were kind of starting to sniff this freedom post, post-pandemic, post-lockdown. and. That meant that consumer behavior was changing. And there was a lot of chat like, oh, people are going back to in person. There was this lot of talk about things changing. And obviously, I'm in the the coaching industry, which has thrived online. I think it was the, it was one of the top 10 
if not top five fastest growing industries in 2020 or 2021 think 2020 it's really thrived online it's a really beautiful like instagram particularly is a really beautiful space for coaching and there was a lot of chat of this kind of like oh it's coming to an end it's all done and i was a bit like i think that was the point at which i was a bit like hang on a minute hang on a minute you're saying this relatively new invention the internet has had its day we're all going to go back to in person. And it's just so interesting to me how black and white humans can be often. And I think I'd been in this space of hearing so much negativity about Instagram here. And then it started to feed into business stuff. And I, and it just, when I start to notice, because I am a black and white thinker, like I could, I could do the Olympics in black and white thinking and win. Like I, you know, the Mo Farah of, of black and white thinking, like, honestly, I can be so black and white about things. And I know that might sound weird because I talk about nuance so much, but that's why I talk about it so much because it's actually like my natural inclination. I'm fascinated by the and or and the gray areas and all of that stuff because they're so like, when I found out about them, they blew my mind. I was like, what? What? You mean it's not either or? This is amazing. It felt like magic. So when I started to like be like, hang on a minute, I feel like, this is getting a bit ridiculous. I'm trying to think of a kind of word, but ridiculous. This is not like the online business world is not over. It's shifted, sure. But we're going to have to do a whole lot of shifting, staying here in this business world for years upon years. I've already been here a while, done a number of shifts in that time. So I started to look around online. I started to look at the people I like in my industry, but I have since done it for other industries as well. So if you're going, oh, this is just coaching, like, no. So I, I looked around and I looked at a few coaches who were still really, really growing. And I looked at, this is just, this is when peak, like Instagram seemed broken almost. And I looked at them and I was like, what are they doing? What are they offering? that I can offer. I looked at what they were doing. And this is what brings me on to my f- number one point, my first lesson, which is do what work, do what you love, do what works for you and forget the numbers. Because I'd started to get involved in the numbers and it felt like every time I launched, I, I put a post out or did whatever, I was like, oh, the reach is bad. Oh, I don't know about like, and I just never used to pay much attention to that at all. So I looked at the people whose accounts were growing, people who I'd started following, towards the tail end of 2020 and I was following them and I was noticing in fact maybe one of them that I really looked at a lot I think she was 2021 I'd started following her and they were growing and growing one of them was on 12,000 I remember looking at her and thinking huh you're not that far very different to me and she had a seven has a seven figure business which has continued to grow this year and I was like you're not that far off from where I am at where I'm at like num followers wise that's interesting She's now across 2021. She's doubled her follow. She's in th- she's in the 30,000 now. Now she does use ads, but I've never seen one of her ads. So I don't know how, you know, whereas some people like you see them all the time. That's I don't know enough about her ad strategy to know what that is, but she's growing. She's growing and, and her content is highly engaged with. Absolutely. Very de- like can be very divisive. I, I'm not going to mention who it is because I don't like everything that this person talks about. Some of you will know who I'm talking about just because you're in my world and you hear me use her as an example sometimes. 
mostly positively so yeah she she does this like really but her whole thing is like really being herself and I looked at a number of other people as well and I was like what are they doing what are they sharing that I can learn from not to copy their content but the spirit of their content the energy of their content what is coming across and because there'll always be people bucking trends this is the thing when you find yourself leaning into that black and white thinking have a think and be like well where can I find evidence that this is not the absolute truth? Where can I find that? And when everyone was saying Instagram's going down the plug hole, no one's making money from it, people's businesses aren't growing on here, you can't get new followers, you can't go viral. <clears throat> I went looking for the people that were and I found them. And one of the key things they were doing was they were serving content that A, reflected their unique take on things, but also very importantly, they were not wallowing in negativity. They were offering hope. They were offering all sorts of positive stuff. Now, I'm not a fan of coaches and I don't generally follow people. Occasionally I do. I don't generally follow people that are all about the like emotional bypassing of stuff. So this person is not someone who does that. She absolutely lives in the one, I, the example I'm using in the context of the world she really does talk about that but she also thoroughly believes in her client's potential and owns that and I'm going to get back onto that point in a bit because that's been incredibly important for me this year and so the the first step towards that was noticing that when I so I, what I did was I was like huh they're all having hope they're not wallowing in in this like, oh, God, it's all terrible. And oh, you must all be so worried. And oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. They're offering out like hope and positivity and excitement and all of those sorts of things. So I experimented. And in the midst of all of this Instagram stuff, all of that noise, I put out more positive posts and they did way better. Because our brains are wired to think negatively, right? They have a negativity bias. We know this. And so seeing positivity, particularly around money, like it's like, you know, when you've got a friend who you're like, oh my God, she's always complaining about all the stuff. They're always talking about how terrible things are. And it's not that you don't ever want to talk about that with your friends. That's not a problem. We want to talk about things. If you're having a hard time, you want to talk about that. Absolutely. But it's the people where it's always like that. It feels like an energy suck. And actually, I've had conversations with a number of clients and colleagues since and shared this observation with them, particularly ones who are having real trouble with their content and stuff. And they found when they've injected more positivity, more hope, more belief into their content, it's completely unstuck things for them. I think it's fucking fascinating. So in hard times, people want hope. And that's really important. So don't, my lesson was don't get bundled up in the stats because it actually really rinses our creativity. If you're feeling down because only 100 people saw your stories or only 50 people liked your post or saw your post or whatever it is, if 50 people were in a room with you, you would not feel that way. And what it means is often the people that are seeing you are your most loyal, click on everything you do people. And you're discounting them. They are being rewarded by the algorithm for their loyalty. 
and you are responding to that in the, what you put out and how you feel about it as if that loyalty doesn't matter because it's not enough. So rooted in scarcity. I'm not judging you for it. I was there. But it wasn't something that I ever used to do. And it was so interesting how at the beginning of this year and the end of last year, I got really caught up in it. And what that meant was, and actually this happened over the last two years, I stopped doing things like lives. Now, anyone of you who've been around in my world for a while knows that I built my business doing live video. I love live video. I absolutely love it. And I haven't been doing it. And it's only in the last month or two months, two months, that I've been like, I'm just doing that. And we're not going to bother saying things like not as many people watch it. And they don't watch it in the way that it used to be. But I also think that I didn't expect as high numbers as I do now. Like I used to get, like doing a Facebook Live in my group. I mean, getting 30 to 40 was high. So in 2023, you're going to see a lot of more lives from me. And you're going to see a lot more workshops. I'm going to be doing a monthly workshop on a topic and it will be something where you just have to be signed up to my mailing list, my email list. And that will mean that you get access to that thing. And I'm going to be doing those monthly and I'm super excited about them. And then yes, more lives. I already have added. And again, more on this in a little bit, a weekly live to plenty. It's called the Monday pep talk. And I come in and talk on a thing this morning. I talked about the recession the week before I talked about, I can't remember the exact topic, but around service and what it means to be generous in our work. And those are just, those are really fuel for me. They are about fueling my business with what I love. And that is something that I started to give the power of that fuel to the algorithm and to the social media machine, which again is not something I'd done before. And it's really interesting how it impacted things. So number two, and this kind of links to this, is going back to basics. In 2021, and I talked about this last time, I really, I think when I did a recap of things, in 2021, I really neglected my list. And I didn't really realize I'd done that until later on in the in the year. I suddenly was like, oh, shit. A couple of things I didn't do, which I've done in absolute droves this year, is I didn't do as many guest workshops and things like that. And I've done loads of them this year. Always approach me, by the way, about those sorts of workshops. I love doing them. I haven't managed to do as many summits and stuff as I'd like to. I've done one. I'd like to do more of that sort of stuff. But this year, I have absolutely paid attention to growing my list. Now, what I will say is, and I really want you all to hear this, because when you hear people building like, oh, I grew my list, people presume, I think, and sometimes this is true, Oh, she must have grown it by like hundreds, if not thousands of people. No, actually, I have added 50 to 100 people a month on average, sometimes a little bit over, probably sometimes a little bit under that. My list, the number on my list has stayed the same. But I've replaced unsubscribes, which ha didn't happen last year. So my list dropped massively last year. But actually, I've replaced subscribers. So it stayed pretty much the same. We're a bit low at the moment after the Plenty launch. Lots of people done subscribe at that point. And then next time I do a push, that'll bump it back up. But yeah, it stayed pretty much the same. But what I noticed and what I noticed 
with immediate effects. I think I started doing this in January. Like I created quite a few freebies. I started like mentioning it and I haven't mentioned it as much as I should have done. And I'm going to be remedying that this year or next year. What I noticed is it doesn't take that much of an injection of new people to really bring new energy into your selling. So I, like I said, I'm getting 40 to 100 subscribers a month, which is, I think is like, for some of you will be like, oh my God, that's amazing. For others, you'll be like, wow, that's really low. It feels relatively low to me, not in a like beating myself up way, in a like, there's a lot more space to do a lot more with that. But I've upped the amount of cost paying customers for the year by 60%. I noticed immediately the difference by February, March, when I put out an offer of how quickly those things were taken up. Just the energy was incredibly different, particularly for my lower end offers, which are often ones that new people in your world are more likely to buy. It was completely different. So it doesn't take, and I know this to be true from other people like clients and other people I speak to, their experience is the same. It doesn't take that much new kind of blood on your list, new people that you're nurturing. Remember, you're already nurturing those people by sending out those emails, regular emails. (laughs) I know lots of people are like, not regular ones, regular emails. By doing that, you are already nurturing the people that are there, but bringing in new, new life into that space absolutely transforms it. And it's not as much as you would think. People are often like, yeah, but I've got to get at least another whatever number, insert number here. No, just just concentrate on doing it. One of the lessons that I took from the very first year of my business was layering. Do one bit at a time. This year, it was about like, right, let's get new people on. 2023, will be like, right, let's really grow this thing. Let's take what we learned, worked in 2022, and let's do it even more. Let's add more of that. Let's continue to build that thing. Trusting as well, that there's even more for me to learn in 2023. And either I'll implement that that year or I'll do that the next year. So my income across 2021 and 2022 actually looks relatively similar. However, the last six months of 2021 were really not very good for me income wise. But the first six months were bolstered by some sales from 2020, essentially. So when I look at the business in terms of what we've actually brought in, in this year, I'm thrilled, absolutely thrilled, because I think had had it carried on like it was in the last six months of 2021, I don't think I'd be here on this podcast. It was, I was so burnt out and so tired and making such questionable decisions at that point that I just don't think that I would be here if I hadn't seen distinct improvements with what's been going on behind the scenes. So yes, list building, lives, workshops are all things I've returned to in 2022. And like I said, you'll be seeing a lot more of them in 2023. Monthly live workshops, weekly lives for those of you in plenty, plenty of opportunities to join plenty as well for those of you that are like, weekly lives on Instagram is my plan. I don't know exactly how that's going to look yet, but I would really like for that to happen. A lot more podcast plugging as well. So we have the most gorgeously loyal podcast listeners. I also feel incredibly confident in the content of this podcast. The people, the interviews, like I've recorded three interviews lately 
that I was just like, these are like rich, exquisite, brilliant conversations. And so one of my big things for next year is looking at what worked with the podcast last year and again, turning up the volume and getting that happening more. So you'll be seeing more of that happening as well. And then secondly, one of the big things, and this is a super practical thing, but it's easy to forget about it, is working on layering payments. So when I think back to my best ever month, the reason that occurred was that I had a number of payment plans. I think every single thing I offered it had a payment plan occurring in that month. Some of it was from six months before that was finishing up that month. Some of it was starting that month. Others were in the middle of it. And that was why I had that such a good month. And it really snuck up on me because I'd been concentrating on repeat payments, really concentrating on layering in that stuff. And I wasn't particularly going, this is going to be my 30K month. I was just like concentrating on getting those layers in. And then it was. And it was absolutely mind blowing. But that's something that I think in the burnout of 2021, and I think this is where these things are layered in a not so positive way. The burnout makes it, the burnout plus focusing on stats can mean that we aren't making offers as often because we're looking not at how many times have I made an offer? How many times have I sold my thing? How many times am I inviting people into my world? We're looking at how do people respond via the social media algorithm of likes, follows and shares and blah, blah, blah. How do they respond there? Rather than knowing, acting from a place of understanding that this stuff layers in, that reminders are not an unkindness, they're a kindness to people. Offers, invitations are a kindness to the people that want what you do. It's giving them another opportunity to consider it, to think about it, to make a decision that feels good to them in that moment. And so when those things converge, when the focusing on the wrong thing, being tired and not as creative, plus a number of other bits and bobs, it can mean we don't make the offers in the same way. It can mean that we forget the importance of layering those payments. But if one of the secrets is, how do people get to those bigger numbers? They charge appropriately, number one. And number two, they make offer after offer after offer. They let stuff, they have capacity to allow things to build. And often we have a conditioned sense of, oh, that's enough. I should stop now. And it shows up in how much we share and it shows up in how much money we will allow into our worlds as well. So that was number two. Number three is let generosity lead. This one's been massive. And actually, this is a newer lesson, maybe definitely from the last quarter of the year. And because one of the big things, again, someone asked me, what are you excited to leave behind in 2022? It's not so much a 2022 thing as a 2022 and before. I've been being coached now as a coachee for long enough to have absorbed some stuff that is either no longer serving me or has never served me. And one of those things that has never served me, but I didn't realize, is this idea that my over-giving, over-delivering comes from a place of scarcity. And that wasn't a realization I had. That was something that was said to me. And it isn't true. Maybe it has been 
in the past. Maybe it's old programming that I've upgraded at some point inside me. But I had so many ideas. So the best example for this is Plenty. I had so many ideas for Plenty that I kept talking myself out of because, and someone said this to me the other day, they were like, Ray, you know, for the price you charge for Plenty, you're not meant to have a program like you're offering. And I was like, I do know that. Yes. Because I, I was like, this is not what you do. You're not meant to do this much for that. I can't offer more. I have, we have two coaching calls a month. We are, as of January, we will have a co-working session on a Wednesday morning, I think is the plan. You get a live from me. You get the course itself. You get the challenge, the double your income challenge and the materials that come with that. You get all sorts. And I kept talking myself out of so much of it because I was like, oh, I'm not charging enough. I need to charge more in order for that to happen, blah, 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 blah. And actually, just removing all of those shoulds and all of those rules has completely revitalized how I feel about Plenty. And I've always adored Plenty, but I was like, no, I want to be more present in it. I want to feel this. I want to feel that. All I had to do was follow my instincts, allow myself to be generous, trusting that it is not coming from a place of, and this is the important thing to check. If we are over-delivering because we're like, unless I over-deliver, they won't buy. Unless I do more and more and more, what I offer is not worth the money. That can be a problem with our with over-delivering. But if we're doing it from a place of generosity, and this is where I've come from with it, I want to give people the best experience possible. I want to create a thriving, exciting community around money. I want there to be a place, particularly in the UK, but I hope that it's worldwide because I think the States has a bit more of this than we do. But I want to create a space where we celebrate making more money, where we celebrate people's desires for the sake of their desires, just because they want it. But we also put it in context. I want us to have a space where we honestly commiserate and go, fuck, this is not working. What's going on here? And we don't deny it for the sake of positivity because we believe that we have to do things perfectly in order to make money. I want to create a place where failure is celebrated because it's inevitable. And that was where adding those elements came from. That is my best way of doing that. If all the time I'm actually creating this place from scarcity, which is what was happening in those those elements and not from a place of plenty, it's why the whole philosophy of plenty is so powerful. If you are asking yourself, what if I came from a place of plenty with this? What if I believed there was enough? What if I believed there was enough for me? It takes away so much of the fear of what if I get this wrong and people don't buy? What if I'm giving too much? What if I'm this? What if I'm that? Because nothing is irreversible. If I find that actually that's not delivering the best results for people, I will change it. No biggie. I will up the price. I will be upping the price over time because it is a stonking bargain right now. It absolutely is. I feel that with every bone in my body. Consid- like Not even just considering what you get. It's just a bargain. I'm not even going to 
quantify it. So allowing it and really underneath this all, as I'm saying, like let generosity lead, but really that's because generosity matters to me. Generosity again is fuel to me. Yours might be different. It's not that that's a good, you know, I've got the right fuel and you've got the wrong fuel. Your fuel might be different. For you, it might be that you need to let something else lead because it's going to revitalize things. Because at the moment you are paying attention to and listening to ideas, thoughts, standards that actually don't work for you. So there's definitely nuance in there because we can get into an over-delivering to prove our worth. So just checking in on that. But pricing with generosity in mind so that you can over-deliver. Checking in on your energy are really key parts of letting these parts of ourselves just do their thing. Shine really brightly because that's what they're meant to do. And it, like I said, I feel present and excited in ways that the few months beforehand I was struggling with because I had these ideas, but I wasn't letting myself do it. Lastly, one of my biggest lessons, and again, this is a a fourth quarter lesson, and some of you will have read the post I wrote about it, but is to really lean into balancing positivity within the context of the world. So I wrote a post talking about how lots of money coaches that I see are either full on good vibes only, you know, pull yourself by up by your bootstraps, like, you know, then there's no excuse, just feel the fear, do it anyway, kind of stuff. Or you get, these are generally more feminist leaning coaches, very anti-capitalist, and they can be very doom and gloom. Everything's terrible, we just need to dismantle capitalism, blah, 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 blah. I like to think of myself, or not like to, what I've I recognize that where I sit is in between. And what was happening was that I was denying because it really, like I, it really matters to me how people feel. It really matters that people feel heard. That is a really important value of mine. It really matters that I am part of telling the truth as I see it. And sometimes it's easier to tell the truth around the more negative stuff. And what was happening was very accidentally, well-meaningly in lots of ways, I was leaning further into the context, but the negativity of the context, because it kept me safer. That's a really important point because it keeps me safer. I am far likely, more likely to be called out for leaning further into the positive. I will be called, I could be called out for not acknowledging people's lived experiences. And that's far more likely to happen when I lean into the positive than when I lean into the negative. And what has happened for me, I would say this happened more in 2020 and 2021. And there was some unraveling this year of it. But what I found myself caveating to everybody, to the point that my message could easily become 
completely diluted into oblivion. Because I am not speaking to everyone all the time. I'm speaking to you if this lands for you, if it feels like something that feels true to you, but it won't feel true to everybody. And that's okay. That's absolutely it's necessary. However, what has, has happened in my message, as I kind of stepped out of like, okay, I understand there's a great, I always knew there was context, but that context expanded and expanded for me, like understanding various nuances and aspects of the world. Not that I fully understand it, but you know, like things getting revealed to me as, as I listened and read and existed. As I did that, it became, I, I left behind communicating my very, very, very solid belief that you can make a fuck ton of money. That And actually, for me, it's a far more powerful message to say, yes, that context, that exists. That's real. You're not making up those feelings, which is what some money coaches and coaches in general can make you feel like. This isn't like you, you, you're not making that up. And the fact that those things exist, the fact that you might have to be more vigilant in your mindset work, in your belief work, in your thought work, because of those very real experiences and situations you've been in and conditioning you've received. That does not mean you cannot make money. Because actually, that is the patriarchal, capitalist, white supremacist lie. Oh, but you are this. And therefore, you cannot be this. And that is what many of us, and I'm including myself in this, have accidentally, that's a trap we've fallen into, actually disempowering people rather than allowing them to be seen. We have started to create narratives for them rather, rather than in giving them the space not even going to say tools, the space to create their own narratives. Because patriarchy and white supremacy particularly are like magnets to centre certain opinions, certain beliefs. And we have to be really, really careful because we get into a space of saying that certain people's experiences can never look any other way, which is the whole problem. This is the whole thing that we're rallying against. And it is a really sticky, vulnerable area to plant your feet. And I think a lot of why I wasn't there was because it was so sticky and vulnerable. And I actually couldn't hold that amount of vulnerability until the end of this year. Now I know I'm going to get into more trouble. I'm going to get people saying things to me than I would have done before. I am putting myself into a quote unquote less safe space, but it doesn't feel that way because it matters so much to me that people truly understand into their bones that making money is not as complicated. It is not as hard. It is not as, as out of reach as they, as they have been led to believe that nothing about them disqualifies them from making more money. Nothing. It might be harder. It might be that the path is less clear. And that's what makes it harder to find the path. The path itself often will be easier. 
because you're not fighting against yourself anymore. So I'm thinking like, for example, someone with a chronic illness might be listening to this going, no, 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 Ray, it's harder. Definitely coming up with how it's going to work, what it's going to look like, untangling yourself from all of the ideas of hustle culture and you've got to work harder and your energy, your time is what you get paid for when you're somebody who has less time and less energy and all of those things. Yeah, there's work to be done in, in untangling that and looking at things in a different way. But when you do, when you do figure out what it looks for, like what it looks like for you, the path is going to be easier to get there. Because you've taken off all of these, you have to do it this way, you have to do it this way. Like if we go back to that example around plenty, the way I'm doing it, I'm not following a blueprint. I'm not taking somebody else's idea of this is how you run this sort of program. This is what you charge and all of that stuff. The path to that place, harder. Doing it, piece of piss. Because it feels so natural and normal and just how it's meant to be. So learning to balance or to find the balance between context and accidentally disempowering people or between denial and gaslighting and actually believing people's lived experiences. So we want context. We want to believe people's experiences. That's what I'm going for. And I want you to know that none of that removes the possibility of you making the money you want from you. We need hope. We need positivity. The, because of the way our brains are wired, that negative negativity bias I mentioned, and because of the conditioning that we receive, it means we need to be vigilant when it comes to adding positive messages around money. We need to know it's possible for us. We need to know that we have plenty of time and space to figure this shit out. And that's the energy I'm taking into 2023. I want to lead with how much I believe in your ability to make money. That is going to permeate through every inch of my business going forward. So those are my thoughts. Those are my lessons for the year. There were a lot more. I could have carried on. I'd love to know how you found the episode. So feel free to send me a DM. And I will see you in 2023. By the way, I have a couple of one-to-one slots available. So if you're interested, do pop me a DM. You can go and check out the website, send me a DM, and we can have a chat if that is for you for 2023 as well. All right. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you soon.